If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. If you don't have your Bibles, ask your Christian neighbor next to you if you can look at theirs. <clears throat> this morning's message is called Freedom in the Fire. Freedom in the Fire. Daniel chapter 3, well-known passage. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates. I could have done hip-hop, I think. Um, <laughs> someone give me a beat. And all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, and magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Father, we ask for your anointing upon our ears and upon our hearts today to hear the word of the Lord Remove every distraction, Holy Spirit. We welcome you into this place, Lord. Speak to each one of us individually from your word today. Give us courage and faith in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. 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 I, I want you to think for a moment of the most amazing concert you've ever been to. I don't know what it is for you. I, I bought a, um, a kind of uh, a movie thing you can buy online of the uh, Les Miserables 25-year anniversary. And it was filmed in 2010. It was absolutely stunning. It was an amazing orchestra, some of the best musicians in the world, some of the best uh, operatic singers in the world. And they sung that fabulous Victor Hugo novel. Uh, just stunning. At the end of it, they came out and had some of the old singers that had sung in the past came and sung parts together. Absolutely amazing. It lights. The stadium was filled. They did it over two nights. I imagine that it cost an arm and a leg to get a ticket to that. It was just that incredible. So, but I just watched it in my lounge with the sound bar and the, the TV uh, and absolutely loved it. Well, whatever your concert is, whatever the big thing you went to, we need to understand that this here dwarfs all of those put together. This is the event of the decade. This is pretty stunning, okay? So did you realize when you read this chapter that you sort of have these things repeated? The satraps, magistrates, and da-da-da-da-da. It's repeated because it's supposed to emphasize the point that anybody who was anyone was there. And they were there in their finest, and they were there with... Uh, you know, all of their, their new outfits, people went shopping, made sure that they had the latest and the greatest look, and they, they were fully doled up for this whole occasion, okay? Uh, and so we're supposed to sort of read this and see that no expense has been spared. This is the, the finest event that, you know, has ever been had in Babylon, and music Music. I mean, this wasn't just sort of a, 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 a sort of bunch of musis, musicians in the corner making a noise, uh, you know, everybody playing. And you're kind of like, okay, that's the signal we've got to bow down. It wasn't that. We're talking about the finest musicians that Nebuchadnezzar could find, the best composer he could find, somebody who had composed a masterpiece so that when this music began to play, and it was pretty incredible, uh, it was just like, ooh, goosebumps moment, goosebumps. 
And, and, and there was tremendous pressure to comply. I mean, after all, you had the heat turned up on you if you didn't bow down. And I'm not talking figuratively, people. I'm talking literally. The heat was turned up. Every leader and influencer was there. You had the political leaders, right? The governors, the satraps. You had the judicial leaders, the magistrates and the judges and the financial and business leaders, treasurers, admins. And then outcomes, outcomes. It's written in verse 4. Outcomes the New Zealand Herald to tell everybody what the government wants us to do. And we all must bow down. It's there in verse 4. It's in the Aotearoa version if you don't have that one. <clears throat> this was the event of the decade. And at the centerpiece was this stunning 10 stories high gold statue. And just imagine the sun setting, the lights glimmering off that gold statue and the music begins to play. And there's this massive crowd of incredible, important people and they begin to bow down in the moment and it's it's just awe-inspiring it's just amazing except for these three amigos over here that just stood there and didn't get on board with the narrative and they're just standing there and everybody else is caught up in the emotion and the hype and the glory of the occasion but these three are just standing there like some kind of thing stuck out of place. What would you do? What would you do? Would you be moved by the emotion or would you be unmoved? You know, it takes serious conviction to stand and not bow in a moment like that when everybody else is doing it, knowing that your life could end as a result. What would you do? Would you bow down and worship the idol or would you remain outstanding in your field? Pastor Adam's the only one who got that. Anyway, it's, just, there's, there's a few things I notice when I read this story. There's a times in our lives when we go through the testing of our faith. And I've called this first point, faith in the fire. One of the frequent things I've heard over recent times is that people have said, my faith has been tested. I lost my faith in people. I lost my faith in the church. I lost my faith in the government. Probably not a good place to put your faith anyway. <laughs> I lost my faith in my pastor. Well, newsflash, there's a few of us pastors who lost our faith in our congregations as well. <laughs> we live, Susie and I, as she said, in Manarewa, the epicenter of COVID. <clears throat> we did 33 weeks of church online eight months. It was literally surreal coming back after eight months of, you know, not gathering together. People were like, I just, it's weird. I just I haven't seen this place for so long. Um, I had so many phone calls in the middle of that from people who had every possible view under the sun about COVID vaccine and mandates. We, we got vaccinated, we got COVID, we recovered, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not here to talk about all of that, honestly, I've given up. You, your view's your view, enjoy your view, have your view, I don't mind, I'm here to talk about Jesus. But here's my point, whether, well, no matter what view you had, we all went through the fire. Doesn't matter what your view was, doesn't matter what your stand was, doesn't matter what your, it doesn't matter who you were, we all went through the fire. 
We all went through this testing. And I want us to just think about that for a little bit. There were days I found myself in the middle of that physically and emotionally absolutely exhausted, trying to grapple with what's going on. What, I just, I don't see where this is going, God. I don't know. But I, I discovered something powerful about the fire. When you go through the fire, when everything else kind of is stripped away from you, you come down to the core of what's in your soul. And you discover down there whether you really trust in God or not. Whether you really love people or not. Whether you really live by faith or by fear. Everyone has faith in something. You trust in something this morning. You either trust in God or you trust in yourself or you trust in the government or you trust in your money or some epidemiologist or somebody something somewhere. We all put our trust in something. These people here had faith in Nebuchadnezzar. They believed in what he said, so they bowed in worship to that statue he had set up. This was a test of allegiance. And I love what I think Tom said in the worship there. You know, he said, things, this is my testimony as well, things that I was trusting in were stripped away. And I had to come back to that place of putting my faith and putting my trust in Jesus. Deciding whether I was going to trust in the Lord, really trust in God, or I was going to fall apart. The fire shows what's really on the inside there. These three young men in this moment when the heat is on, I mean, and this wasn't a difficult situation. This wasn't a hard one. We had to grapple with some hard ones, didn't we? But this one was, you know, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not worship any other God before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. So bowing down and worshiping this gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up was off the cards for them. Do you know where your lines are? Do you know where the lines are that you, you know, I don't cross that line? How far do we keep going with the crowd and we know, okay, but this line I can't cross. Have you figured that out for yourself? Do you know where that is? These days, you need to know that. Someone said this, too many people are crafting a theology that justifies their morality. And that's not how it works, church. It's not how it works. But this fire comes on our lives. And the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 1, he says to be glad, to be glad, to be happy when you go through trials. I don't like that verse. I've been through lots of trials and I've never liked them one little bit. But he says we should be happy because in the middle of that, your faith is tested and you discover whether it is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. More important than the gold in your bank account, than the, the, than the gold that's tied up in your assets. More important than all of that is your faith. Amen? It's our faith. That's what goes forward into eternity. So your faith remains strong. So it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Those faith-testing moments are something to rejoice in. Amen? Something to rejoice in. But these guys here, they had their faith tested. Let's, let's head over to verse 19. 
They, they get hauled up before the king, and the king, you know, says, hey, you've got to bow down, you've got to worship this thing or else. And they say, look, king, we, we're going to trust in God. We're going to put our hope in the Lord. And then verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. And commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie them up, throws them in. So verse 20, and these men wearing robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. We're supposed to notice that detail. They were clothed. They had these clothes on, right? These clothes. And they're bound and thrown into the furnace. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement, asked his advice, weren't these three men we tied up through into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound. Everyone say unbound. They bring them out and their clothes don't even, their hair doesn't even smell of smoke. But they went into that fire bound up. I discovered in my life as I went through this fire recently that there were some things I had that were binding me up. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've recognized in your life that you were bound up. Here's some of the things I wrote down. Fear of man. Living your life as a man pleaser. Bound up by that. Bound up by the fear and worrying about what people think about you. You need to know this. That there's somebody in the middle of the fire with you. Somebody in the middle of the fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, didn't we throw three in? How come I see four? Four men in the midst of the fire. We will listen to that song this morning. There's another in the fire standing next to me. Come on. Maybe you're old school. You remember the one I remember, you know? You'll not, no way, be drowned. Anyone You'll not, no way, be burned. For I... Am with you. He is with you in the middle of the flood, in the middle of the fire, in the middle of whatever you went through when you felt abandoned by people, when you felt judged by people, you felt isolated by people, you felt like, man, I don't know what's going on. I want to tell you there's somebody there with you in the middle of that fire. We're worshiping in the early service and they brought the cahoon out and I just started weeping when I heard the cahoon playing because it took me back to those weeks and weeks of services online we just had the cahoon and a guitar and uh, we'd be recording those worship sets and I'm supposed to be the camera guy filming what's going on and uh, as the worship team's trying to sing but time and time again the power and the presence of God just hit the room where we were worshiping. And I, I just was reminded this morning of the faithfulness of God. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know where we were going. I'd found myself trying to hold the camera while I'm on my knees, sort of sobbing and worshiping Jesus and put the camera on the stand. And, the, you know, we just 
just the faithfulness of God in the middle of whatever we go through, He's always there with you forever. He's always there. He's always there. And the only thing that gets burnt off are these ropes, these ropes that bind us, these ropes of being man pleases, these ropes of being people that, you know, maybe the rope that binds you is the love of money, the love of the world, where, where, where the things in the world have such a grip on your soul that uh, I, I don't know if I can make a stand. I don't know if I can take that place because these things are too precious to me. Apathy in your heart. I talked to people in my church who said, I, was, I didn't realize how much I loved the things of the world until I went through this fire. And I, I faced losing all that stuff. And those ropes burnt off me and I came out on fire for God. Bound up by fear. Love Joe's testimony. Talked about some of the lies that he used to believe. Some of the things that held him captive. Some of the thoughts that we have that the enemy sows in our head. You know, you're, you're, you're worthless. You have no value. Those lies that maybe you're battling with that are holding you captive this morning. The fire burns those things off. Because you come out the other side and the 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 ropes are burnt off you and you've gone through that. And now you're like, man, I'm free of that stuff. It's gone from my life. I don't care anymore about all of that stuff. I don't care about what people think. I'm living for what God thinks about my life. I don't care for the things of the world. Those things, like our worship leader said, they come and they go anyway. I'm living for something eternal that lasts forever. I'm putting my confidence and my faith in Jesus this morning. You know, what does it mean to put your faith in Christ? I'm standing on this stage this morning because I have faith that this stage will hold me up. I didn't build it, but I trust Pastor Adam and his guys. I have faith that this thing will hold my weight. And I have been through the fire. I've been through all of the stuff that happened. And I've placed my life on Jesus Christ, on the rock. Because the other stuff will come and go, but I have faith that He will last, that He is eternal, that He will carry me forward through no matter whatever comes my way. And I put my hope and my confidence in Him. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads this morning. Thank you, Father, for your presence in this place today. Thank you for speaking to those that are watching online as well, Lord. People who are have been through a season of fire. People who are going through the fire, maybe right now in the midst of the flood and the fire. Lord, you're there with us. You're faithful, so faithful, so reliable, such a good friend, Lord Jesus. May that encourage our hearts. But God, today you want to Break some ropes off people's lives. God, today, you want people to be set free. And you'll use the fire that comes at us to destroy these ropes, oh God. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Speak to us this morning. If there are ropes that are binding us, things that are in our heart that's inhibiting us, Secret things, hidden away from others, but God, they're there and they hold us bound up in shame. 
We cannot live the life that you want us to live. Things our hearts are held to in this world that are not your plan for us to love. But God, we're so attached to those things, we just can't let go. Bound up by our ideas in our head, not trusting you, oh God. Just where you're seated this morning, I wonder if you know you know that you've, there's, there's some ropes been binding your heart. I just want you to cross your arms together like they're tied together. Just cross them like I'm doing right here. I'm just going to pray the fire of God will come and just consume those ropes. Burn those ropes off. Take that. Break you free from that this morning. In a moment, we're going to just break our hands apart after I've prayed. And we're going to stand and we're going to praise and we're going to glorify God. And we're going to just declare that Jesus is our rock. He is who we are building our life upon and nothing else. Nobody else but Him. Father, you see people right across this auditorium. with Their hands crossed, Lord, because they, they know, Lord, there's something that's been binding them up, something that's been constraining them, something that's been holding them captive. It's not from you, oh God. It's just those thoughts we have. It's those, those things that we've been through, the, the things that have been kind of just coming at us and bombarding us, oh God. And we've been locked up and we've been just in that bondage, oh God. But God, we are praying this morning for freedom to come. I'm praying, Lord Jesus, let your freedom come in this place, oh God. Holy Spirit, come and shatter those strongholds. Come and break those chains. Come and destroy those ropes, oh God. Come and bring your people out of fire, Lord, into freedom. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, friend, right now, when I count to three, I want you to break those hands apart. I want you to stand to your feet, and I want you to start shouting and praising God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Jesus, freedom. Freedom, oh God. Freedom, oh God. We praise you, oh God. We praise you, oh God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, I pray you fill your church, fill your people with boldness and faith and power and love, oh God. Fill them with the Holy Ghost anointing this morning. Break off the shackles. Break off the mindsets. Break off the things of the world that would stop us living the glorious lives that you have planned for us, oh God. Help us to live as a people set free. People who live in your faith. Oh, people who love you and love people and worship you, oh God. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said amen. 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 Come on. Give the Lord Jesus one more hand. Thank you, Steve. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with Jesus. Just like Joe's story, he can turn your life around. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that really is just saying, be king of my life. It's not the end of the journey. It's the beginning of the journey. It's just saying, 
saying, God, I need you in my life. It's just acknowledging that before, before him. He'll never fail, but we do. But it's not about us, it's about him and what he's accomplished. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. He died on the cross, was buried, and then he rose again. That means he's alive today, alive and able to work in your heart and your life. Would you give your life to Christ? If that's you today with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're saying, Pastor, that's me, would you include me in that prayer? Wherever you are standing, would you just put your hand up and just say, that's me. You're just saying, I need to be included in that prayer. I don't want to leave this place without giving people an opportunity to give their life to Christ. Is there anyone here you know you need to get right with God? I don't want to leave this place. Hallelujah. Nice and high so I can see it. Is there anyone here today? Hallelujah. Speaking to those online as well. If you're here, there, and wherever you are in your living room, whatever, and you're saying, I need to get right with God, would you do that? Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today I give my life to you. I turn from my sin and turn towards you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. Can we one more time just put our hands together? And again, they've had to walk through an incredible, uh, again, just I, I know their story. And, and again, sometimes we think it's been tough here, but I know it's been tough uh, up there for, for them. Let me speak this blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.